This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Going beyond the box score and the diamond. This is the show with the latest news and information on your hometown nine and the entire organization. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are are made. A lovely day here at the ballpark. Twins and the Guardians wrapping up this three-game series. And we do play baseball today. We do so on September 11th and cannot forget, never will forget, all that transpired in our country, in our world, 21 years ago today. So we are honored to play baseball today. Big ball game, Twins and the Guardians one more time. And we thank you for joining us here for our Sunday show. I'm Corey Provis, and our guest on our Sunday show is the Twins president of baseball operations. Always great to have Derek Falvey on the Sunday show. Thanks for joining us. Good to see you. Good to see you, Corey, as always. Let, let's start there. September 11, 2001. Where was Derek Falvey? Yeah, that, that's actually, uh, you know, you bring it back, and I, I, the, those chills kind of come back. I remember that morning I was in college, and I went to college in Hartford, Connecticut, which is not terribly far from New York City. And a lot of the kids who went to my school were, were from the New England area, and a lot of them from New York City. And I'll, I'll never forget one of my classmates uh, that morning whose father worked in one of the World Trade Center buildings. And she was quite, you know, quite upset that morning, didn't know where her father was, couldn't get in contact with him. Uh, and I remember seeing her sitting in the hallway of, the, of our dorm and just kind of helping her and consoling her. Ultimately, her father did go into work, did get out of the building that day. Uh, but ultimately seeing that, I mean, how it hit everybody was so different. But seeing how it hit people proximate, you know, immediate to that, uh, we'll never forget that. And certainly something that um, that I'm, I'm glad today we are we are recognizing yet again. Yeah, we will do so here today. And it's also a great day at the ballpark. It is Armed Forces Appreciation Absolutely. Day. And that is one of the most emotional and I think significant days, Derek, on the Twins calendar each and every year honoring the Gold Star families, the pictures, the banners that are hung from the suite level. This is a special day. You know, I'm biased here, I, I will admit in this answer. The Twins do veteran appreciation and armed forces appreciation better than any team I've seen in, in professional sports. I mean, I, I really feel like uh, when we every every when we're raising the, ba- the flag every day and the stories that come along with that, that's our everyday conversation. Certainly on a day like today, we we ratchet that up and make it a much more meaningful celebration. Obviously, with it being on September 11th, it carries a, a whole new level of significance. But I think that the Twins have have done a great job as an organization over the long term, uh, and a credit to the Polad family today. Dave St. Peter, so many people who are invested in this. Uh, I walk around the ballpark today, and it's it's a really it's a really incredible day to see how many veterans are here. And it is a beautiful Sunday too. After some shaky weather at times this weekend, we have a lovely September Sunday here to play baseball and a significant game about to be played. There's a difference, don't you think? You look at the standings, three and a half back right now. 
two and a half to four and a half, that, that's a big swing, isn't it? Yeah, every game feels like that big swing for sure, Corey. And, and you know, we know that, and, and we're going into these games, and I can tell you these guys are grinding and they're feeling it, and we've had so many close games, There's so many games where we're hitting in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning either with a, a, a small lead or potentially with a chance to get right back into it. Uh, I give a lot of credit to our guys, even the last couple of nights. We've gotten out to really slow starts, big deficits. There's no quit. There's no shutdown. And ultimately, that's the way we're going to have to play this thing to the end. We, we have a deficit. No one's running away from that. Now we have to go find a way to win today and, and keep chugging along. And Josh Winder has the ball today to make that happen. Josh has been out a large chunk of the season with a couple of shoulder injuries. Had three recent rehab outings, his last two with the AAA St. Paul Saints. How has he looked in those last two? Yeah, I think what Josh has gone through is just trying to figure out exactly what you know the difference is between fatigue and soreness and, and when to when to navigate, you know, to shut it down or keep pushing. The last couple of outings, I think he's gotten his, his feet back under him. He's starting to look like the Josh Winder we saw before, executing his pitches more consistently, velocity coming back. Uh, ultimately, that was at the outset had maybe some little rust that he had to dust off in those first couple of rehab outings. He's ultimately looked a lot better, and we're going to count on him here to, to, to deliver a good game for and, us. And the these last two starts, both four innings, and I believe the pitch count was around 57-52. I might have gotten that backwards here. By design, based on where he was at physically and where the season's at calendar-wise? Yeah, I think the natural progression here, right, is that you, you start him in a one-to-two inning, uh, see how he feels, right, see how he responds. It's not even about that game. It's sometimes about how you wake up the next day, how you feel. Are you feeling good? Are you feeling like you're on a good routine? Bailey Ober's gone through the same thing uh, to some degree here, and he tracked really well. So now if he's in that 50-60 pitch range, the idea of him going a fifth inning or, or getting maybe 60 to 70, 75 pitches is definitely in play, uh, which will allow him to, to to give us a full start here. I saw a note, I think it was from Aaron Gleeman uh, during the game, maybe after the game last night, covers the Twins for the Athletic. Uh, 61 games this season where the Twins have not had a starter go five innings, and that leads all of baseball. The team is 19 and I think 42 in those games. Why do you, what do you think the byproduct is from that? Why, why do you think that's happened as often as it has this season? Well, I think a lot of those are owed to Chris Archer, right? And yeah. I think, you know, when you, when you have a starter within the rotation that is a little bit limited, you're going to ultimately lead the league potentially if that's happening more often than not. You know, we've been short, you know, some of that's been by design, as I mentioned with Chris and, and some of our pitchers. In some cases, we've had guys just not get us as deep into the game as we would like. It's certainly not something we were looking for ultimately to have, uh, that stat and, and lead at that time. We've just had a lot of guys banged up, a little bit of injury, trying to maybe bring some guys back to pitch, even when they're not fully built out to maybe the full full six inning, you know, five, six inning threshold. The hope is that you can find a way to maybe mix and match, maybe piggyback a little bit, guy coming out of the bullpen with two, three innings behind a starter. So unfortunately, it's just not been something we, we would have wanted to happen, but it has happened. Yeah, Rocco has, has been asked about this, either an Archer start or a Bundy start, and the numbers third time that those guys see a lineup also factors in and there's some numbers to back that up. I want to go, though, to the lower levels of the minor leagues. Are you hoping that you can challenge pitchers as they come up to change that, that they're at the big league level already, there's some numbers that say, okay, this is a bad decision, but can you do something about it on the front end for these guys to challenge hitters and to navigate their way through a third time so that when they do get here, 
they're prepared for it, numbers aside. Absolutely. I think ideally you're trying to develop the best version of that pitcher, whatever that, whatever that looks like, right? And each guy's going to be different. We don't, uh, you can't be a cookie cutter approach to all pitchers. They're all going to look different, left-handed, right-handed, different secondary pitches. So what we are trying to do is continue to build that because we anticipate with rule changes, with potential ways of the game changing over time, we're going to need guys to go deeper into games. Uh, it would be our ideal to have guys go deeper into games. It's just been with the reality of some of the pitchers that we've had and some of the injuries we've dealt with, it's felt like uh, that was the best course, and, and ultimately we would love to have guys go deeper. Do you wonder as a staff, as you as you look ahead to free agency, and, and free agents look at the Twins and say, boy, you know, getting back out there for a sixth, seventh inning, it doesn't happen too often. Could that work against what you and, and, and Thad and everybody wants to do in signing guys without having that track record this winter? I think we talk about it with, with agents and free agents. I will tell you the reality is a lot of times when you talk to a guy, that might actually be what they're looking for, you know, and ultimately trying to figure out a way to stay on the field through the course of a full season. We just aren't seeing the huge numbers of innings, even for the, uh, the high-end guys now across the league. This isn't just a Twins-related issue. Um, so I think – if there's a guy out there that, that is a guy that can go deep into games, that can build upon his pitches or otherwise, we're going to talk to him about that for sure. And, and I think that if we can have that, uh, certainly we will, we will lean into that for those types of pitchers. You know, we've had a few over the last few years, whether it's you know, Jose Barrios or others that have built on the innings. Uh, but I would say that's a conversation we have directly with the agent and have never heard uh, to this point any, any restrictions around that. All right, I want to take our first break on the show. When we come back, I want to spend some time quickly on injury updates on Buxton, Polanco, Jeffers, other guys. Then I want to spend the larger chunk of the remaining time on the show talking about what Major League Baseball announced this week with the decision to change some significant rules for 2023. Get your take on that and much more coming up. It's Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Our Sunday show continues next on your home for Twins Baseball. Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Prove is back with Derek Falvey. Twins and the Guardians coming up here. Game three of the series. And speaking of injuries, Chris Archer started yesterday, left the game after two innings, was put on the IL today with pectoral inflammation. And Jarrell Cotton is back up, and uh, he is now on the active roster. So with Archer, with Malley, let's start with those two guys. Is there enough time left in the season for those guys to come back? Yeah, I think in both cases, I think the the idea here is we're going to feel that out. But let me take Chris first. Obviously, his injury was yesterday, so we need to get a better sense of how he's feeling over the next couple of days and what that looks like before we build any plan for him. In Tyler's case, he's been down a little bit longer. We had uh, We've done some treatment up to this point. I think the idea of bringing guys back at five, five plus innings or in the five inning range for starting pitchers may be a little bit harder. I think our hope would be if we can find a way to get them back on you know, hopefully we're playing really meaningful games the last five, six games of the year and they may find a way to help us even if it's in a shorter stint than a full start. Bailey Ober is pitching today I believe for the Saints yes. right set yep. to go five innings so th- that could help here relatively soon. Definitely I think you know with Bailey Ober tracking back with Josh Winder starting today and feeling good I think that's a really good place to be. Obviously Louis Varland a kid that we got to see last week who we're really excited about what he can be over time what he did in Yankee Stadium I think shows so we feel we have other young pitchers that are going to be a part of this hopefully down the stretch. Twins have played this key series without Byron Buxton without Jorge Polanco these two teams will meet again next week in five games in four days 
Is it likely that one, if not two, or neither will be back for that series next weekend? Yeah, I think in Jorge's case, you know, we, we were talking about him just yesterday and obviously hasn't run through his full workout yet today, but he was tracking really well. I think, you know, our hope, I, I want to be careful about it, but our hope is during this Royal Series we see a chance that Jorge gets back on the field here. When that is exactly, we'll see. We start with them Tuesday. Um, and then in Byron's case, a little bit longer than that. We need to feel out how this week goes. You know, candidly, one of the things we've been talking about is even if he's not at full go in the outfield, obviously his bat and what he can provide and potentially even in the DH role could play a role here. So if we bring him back in a DH capacity before we maybe say full go on all outfield work, that could be in play, but we'll figure that out over the course of the next few days. Trevor Larnick is also, he's been ramping things up down in Fort Myers, I think an inter-squad inter game the other day. Is he going to be a piece here? If not, outfield maybe as a DH? Yeah, I think same thing. So hitting and running for him are great. And yeah, that's why he's taking as many simulated at-bats as he can. He's playing in these games down in our instructional league down in Florida why we haven't fully started the rehab assignment uh, is more the outfield play. As you said, it's just a, a little on the throwing side, making sure that he feels a little more comfortable with that part of it. But he's he's back to health, and I think we can already see it in the way he's swinging and the way he's running. So there could be a possibility he's back on the active roster in a in a non-outfield capacity at the outset with the idea that he's, he's taking some at-bats for us. Last one, Ryan Jeffers. Um, is, is, is there enough time for him to come back and catch? Yeah, I think same situation. We always targeted – his was a little more – clear right from the outset when you break a bone uh, it takes six to eight weeks to heal that's just true of anybody so trying to get a sense for how that healing was working we always targeted mid-September as a time for him to be playing in some games meaning rehab games and otherwise we're close to that now we're about four or five days away from that so our hope is he would be then catching playing in some games and giving himself a chance to be here for the last few weeks of the season I want to spend uh, the remaining time we have on the show going back to Friday's announcement Major League Baseball announcing significant rule changes uh, to our game starting next season. Number one, being a pitch timer, uh, 15 seconds when bases are empty for pitchers, 20 seconds with runners on. Uh, the base sizes increase from 15 to 18 inches at first, second, and third, and also shift restrictions, which have been in place in the minor leagues, will also come to big league baseball. So two infielders must be positioned on either side of second base when the pitch is thrown. All three will be in place for 2023. Were you surprised? Uh, no, I wasn't because I, these were had been talked about quite a bit um, among another uh, host of rules that may be considered over time. We've seen these now, each of these in the minor leagues. Uh, we've been able to experience what that looks like at different levels. So I'm not surprised that they implemented them ultimately. I know these are things they were tracking toward uh, and, and all have different impacts on the game. The, there are four players that are on the 11-person committee, and I thought it was a good idea in the CBA to have it You know, work with everybody, some, some owners, some players. Yeah, I think Bill Miller, the umpire, was a part of this committee. But the four players voted for, voted for just one thing. They, they shot down the idea of the pitch timer and the shift restrictions, and they were four bigger bases. Just thinking about that from a player perspective, why were they for that but not the other two? You know, I think the player bases, um, I will say, for those of us who've gone to the minor leagues and have seen them, uh, I, unless you see two bases side by side, I'm going to admit to you, I don't think you really notice it, mm -hmm. quite frankly. Um, and and it, it didn't dawn on me right away when I walked into the park the first time I saw them that the bases were bigger. Uh, but ultimately, I think that's the one where that, that's so simply around just player health and safety and, and giving ourselves a little bit more space there. A lot of close plays at a, a bag. You know, feet get caught up. I think players ultimately definitely see the benefit in the safety side, and obviously there may be some strategic elements, stolen bases or otherwise, or beating out a hit. You know, by that by that smallest fraction of an inch uh, that worked on both sides, and ultimately that that clearly seems to have been why they voted for that one. 
It's been a treat watching Jawan Duran throw with that velo all season long. Will he be able to do that when he won't have as much recovery time between pitches? Yeah, you know, I think Jawan Duran is not somebody who necessarily takes uh, – there's some pitchers that take a lot of time between pitches, and I think that that is what this is geared aimed toward really reducing, and I think that's a good thing. I think we all think from, from players to, to fans to front office to anyone who's around this game to broadcasters – we want the game to speed up. I think that's always a better game. There's there's more action. There's more going on. Uh, and we've talked to players about that, and I think we all want that. So this aims at, at really doing doing that. I don't think it's going to have a significant impact on velocity, uh, to be honest with you. I think what it'll more have an impact on is the step-off rule and whether or not guys are stealing a little more frequently or what happens when a guy steps off twice. That'll make for some interesting baseball at the outset. You know, Thad Levine joined us uh, in New York a couple days ago, and we, we spent time talking about base running, and that has not been a strength. With, with his Twins team all season long, and, and Thad admitted that, that when the team was put together, realized that this was not going to be a, a team built around speed. But now knowing that the bases are going to be bigger, do you look at that differently in the team you want to build for 2023? I think you have to look at it some, certainly. I, I think the one thing we have learned, though, is these rules have been in place in the minor leagues, and we have seen stolen bases go up. We have seen guys uh, change what they're doing right, in terms of aggressiveness on the bases. However, I will tell you that over time, these are the best players in the world, right? And they start to adapt, and they figure out how to maintain control. So pitchers will figure out ways to maintain that control of runners. Runners won't have uh, that free go as often. It might happen at the outset. There may be a little bit more aggressiveness, but it's definitely playing into our minds now that these rules are aimed at trying to add speed to the game some, and it's certainly something we're going to have to think about for our roster for next year. Major League Baseball, during this uh, press conference on Friday, they, they had some graphs, they had some numbers about you know the, the pitch clock and, and, and even the shift restrictions, how that's impacted certain numbers in the game. Runs on average per game, you know, batting average, home run percentage, strikeout percentage. The one thing I did not see, though, is a spike in injury. Did, have they followed anything? Have, they, have you seen anything on that front? Are, are pitchers especially, have they been more prone to injury with not having as much time to gather themselves between pitches? You know, it's a, it's a good question, and it's a really hard thing to answer just by itself because teasing out what leads to pitcher injury, whether it's time between pitches or otherwise, it's been hard. We've seen injuries up certainly across the game, the minor leagues. Now, some of that I think is owed back to not having a minor league season in 2020, having some guys come back in 2021, not a full normal minor league season, obviously post-COVID uh, restrictions through the minor leagues. So I don't know the answer to that perfectly. I think that certainly that'll be on our minds and we'll be thinking about it, and I'm sure the league will be thinking about it and whether or not they need to adapt but I think, by and large, they don't feel this will have a significant impact on injuries. All right, we'll take our final break, come back. A couple final thoughts with Derek Falvey. Inside Twins rolls on next on your home for Twins Baseball. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
Final segment of Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Final three minutes here with Derek Falvey. I'm Corey Provis, Twins, and the Guardians one last time. What was your take on on Rocco and Karen Shack and the whole uh, check on Friday night? Yeah, you know, I think it's something that always um, it catches a lot of attention, right? And especially since the original uh, conversation about sticky ban and, and being more attentive to this and doing hand checks. I think the reality in these situations is that when uh, a player maybe is going to a certain part of his body, you know, more consistently, it just it just calls some attention. And ultimately, when it calls that attention, it, it necessitates a, sometimes a, a manager and a team, you know, maybe guys on the roster or on the, on the bench, I mean, are saying things like, hey, why is he going? in there so consistently and at the end of the day he made a call to go out and ultimately just check I think in some ways it alleviates the stress and strain or worry about who's using what or what that looks like when they go through the check and it's over with certainly I have a ton of respect for for Cleveland and what they do and, and their people I think it was something that Rocco felt he had to do in that moment and at this point I think both te- both teams look at it as it's over does it open the door for one of the twins guys though to be checked at either today by Francona or even next season does that open up the door for that to to happen? Oh, sure, but I think that's always open, and yeah. ultimately, I would expect the same. I think if 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 a team viewed a player on our team to be doing something that they thought they saw, then that's what the rules in place for. That's why we have the ability to go ask for the check, and ultimately, that's something that we felt there. I don't think teams should be doing it just with any pitcher that shows up just to kind of get at one team or get at the other team. I think it's more about the question of if you think you have reason or thought or why you might be concerned about it. Well, that's why you should bring it up, and that's why the rules in place the game today in, in terms of, of spin rate and all that was done to, to necessitate the umpires checking and the spider tech that all came out uh, last season where are spin rates at right now in the game are they are they still down or are they back to where they were a year and a half two years ago I think candidly they're back up and they are. they're back up a decent amount you know across the game and so that's probably bringing a heightened awareness around that to a number of players and, and staff now does that mean anything other than guys have just figured out how to? You know, there's rosin out there. There's still st- uh, you've never I've never touched the pitcher's hand and not felt some stick. <laughs> you know, after they're throwing the ball, they're sweating. You know, they have the rosin. It's this is all normal. I think the key is just removing some of the other elements to this. But as I said before, with the new rule changes and shift restrictions, these are the best players in the world, and they're going to figure out ways to adapt. So when maybe some of that sticky tack and some of those things that guys were using were taken out of the game, once they figured out how to use the rosin more effectively, they've been able to get some of that spin back all right very good hey thanks for your time appreciate the time today enjoy the game today thanks for having me on always uh, that's Derek Falvey our guest here on Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer again locally owned and operated it's our memories are created and legends are made we thank you so much for joining us here on a Sunday show we have much more to come Chris is standing by momentarily with today's Edana Realty pregame lineup card and then we'll have game three at 110 Twins and the Guardians a big ball game today It'll be Josh Winder back up for the Twins and Shane Bieber opposing for Cleveland. And that game begins at 110. The Twins right now, they have dropped 8 out of 10 and and 3.5 back of the Guardians. The White Sox second place, a game and a half behind. So the pregame show with Chris is coming up. Then we'll have game three, Twins and the Guardians. I'm Corey Provis. More of our Sunday programming continues next right here on your home for Minnesota Twins baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.